Hi, I'm Vogue Williams, your host for Taboo Talk, the brand new podcast from Boots that asks the taboo health and wellness questions so you don't have to. This week, we're focusing on gut health. What actually is it? How does it all work? And why does it matter? To help answer those questions, I'm joined by Lisa and Alana McFarlane, aka the Mac Twins, and rugby icon Johnny Wilkinson. Lisa and Alana are identical twins from Scotland who, as well as being DJs and TV and radio presenters, are gut health advocates. Their platform, The Gut Stuff, offers gut-related information, videos, advice, tips, and recipes. And rugby World Cup winner Johnny has authored five autobiographies and well-being books and has recently taken a huge interest in the impact of gut health specifically the mind gut link thank you all so much for joining us now first up as i understand it the term gut health relates to your entire digestive system and all of the good and bad bacteria living in there which hopefully keeps things running smoothly conversations around gut health inevitably involve fun things like constipation diarrhea ibs and whether or not your poo is normal which for some people can get pretty embarrassing but it shouldn't be right which is why we're talking about it now okay i am gonna start with alana and lisa hi you girls now how did you get involved in the subject of this and is it part of your mission to break down any taboos surrounding it? Yeah, so very randomly, everyone's always like, "How did you? what are you doing this gut thing for? <laughs> and basically, we were obviously living fairly hedonistic lifestyles as DJs. We're from working class Scotland. We were brought up on deep fried pizza and chips and 10 fags for lunch. Like, we're not <laughs> from the health and well-being industry at all. Um, but we volunteered for twin research. Actually, retrospectively, life's come back round because I was supposed to do medicine and Alana was supposed to do business and law. So, you know, anyway, we volunteered for twin research. You get everything tested from like mental dexterity to bone density. Uh, and you go and it's like the twilight zone there's loads of sets of twins um, I thought medical research was like paying students to take Viagra turns out you know it's a lot more complex than that but Tim Spector who heads up the research facility there asked us if we wanted to have our guts analysed so the human genome project just happened you know they were starting to be able to sequence your microbiome which I'm sure we'll get on to and we were like great what do we have to do Tim and he's like you have to send your poo off in the post every day for two months so we're like no problem <laughs> we actually our first question was what's my gut yeah, <laughs> like whatever your guts analyze, and then we were like, "Do you give us something to send the poo off, or like what? You know, what's the protocol here?" Um, then we had to have a couple of colonoscopies. Didn't know what that was until we signed the waiver form, and then I was oh, like, no. "Oh wow!" So they realized from our bodies that even though we have a hundred percent the same DNA, we only had about thirty percent the same gut bacteria at any one time. And the wow. studies are quite long; they're like two months. It's not just like a snapshot. And um, so yeah, so it kind of like set us on a bit of a path, really. And then our pals were just like, one minute you're at Reading University talking about probiotics, and the next minute you're on the British red carpet for your radio show interviewing pop stars. What's going on? And we were like, just that gut stuff, just that gut stuff. Long story short, set up a website. I want to make the worst logo you've ever seen on Photoshop. <laughs> Um, it's definitely not what you see today and yeah and that was the kind of start of it it was just like that's where our kind of passion started because we realised how important it was to health and overall health I think as well it just really turned on its head everything we ever thought about like diet and lifestyle because where we're from you know health is just not being ill and wellness is you know standing on your head drinking green smoothies and then we thought diet is you know the cabbage soup diet two weeks before we went to Magaluf you know it wasn't like <laughs> do you remember that man I did that one yeah Oh, 
Oof. Um, and it just turned on its head everything we thought about what health and wellness was. And also it angered us because we were like, if we can't be sold the same diet or lifestyle as identical twins, then no one can. So yeah. our mission became bigger than just shouting about gut health. It became, you know, looking at democratising health and breaking taboos as well. And did you have an issue with your gut before or you just went and did this research for just any reason? Yeah, we just volunteered for twin research because we just wanted to find out it was different between us, to be honest with you. And they, and they needed a lot of younger twins and we were up for anything, as you can probably tell. We were like, yeah, we'll put our poo up in the post. We'll have colonoscopies. We'll, basically, the first study we had to eat only processed foods and drink alcohol for a month. Sounded oh. great. Like, at tw- what age really say about 25, 26? You're like, yeah, I'll drink alcohol and, and processed foods for a month. And then after a week, week one, you're like, I'm out. This is, but anyway, we carried on and did it. So I think we were very good guinea pigs in the sense that we were pretty much up for anything. They actually said the story behind it. They were like, is there a month of the year where that is possible? And we were like, the Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah, true. we basically ate chips and drank cider for a full month. And we had to wear, the, we were doing like a show at the time. We had to wear um, PVC catsuits for, it was not a good month of my life. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> What's the highlight? What's the highlight? You said your friends found it weird that you're like talking about gut and everything like that and it was just coming like that. But why do you think people have such an issue talking about it? I actually think it comes down to not really understanding what our guts are. I know I think initially we thought it was just our stomachs and people do automatically think of poo when you say the word gut. But actually, you know, when we talk about gut health, a lot of the time we're actually talking about our microbiome, which is such an exciting field of research. And, you know, it's fascinating and linked to so many different health outcomes. So I actually think it comes down to exactly the same as what we had in our naivety. People just don't know what their gut is or what gut health relates to. And I think it's it's more around the sort of miseducation rather than what it physically is. Also, yeah. when you open the floodgates, like we were we were like at gigs and people coming up to us like, I haven't pooed for three days, is that normal? <gasps> um, and I'm like, oh, maybe to be your GP. I, mean, I, I just need to get back to this track, but I'll, I'll come out to me after my set. <laughs> yeah, I oh, think as God. well, like we kind of lose the poo chat. You know, like with puppies and kids, we talk about it all the time. And I think, I don't know where we lost it. Like, but once you open the floodgates, people want to talk about it a lot yeah and johnny johnny how did you um how did you get interested in this subject my whole sort of entry into it is through mental health so massively investigating i guess in terms of what the guy's talking about in terms of the gut i was talking about in terms of the mind yeah in understanding that and the same thing kind of happened things got flipped on their heads um as well as understanding the unique nature uh, even between twins, my wife's uh, an identical twin. And so, you know, that's kind of something I can, I can relate to. And, and it's, it's, so that was my entry into it. I was someone that, um, you know, had intense challenges from the day I can, I can remember being alive. You know, I've had a certain relationship with, with struggle and, and suffering in that respect. And, and I was suddenly become very, very interested and excited having explored everything else as a solution in terms of like, oh, maybe if I achieve this and I win this and I do this and we do this and people say this about me and people like me like this and maybe that'll do it. And having exhausted most of those channels sort of eventually came to the one place where you sort of didn't even realise was there, which was you can actually go inwards. And yeah. that was where everything flips on its on its head. And my wife was trained to become a nutritionist and started to explore also a little bit of nutritional healing in that respect so nutrition being seen more as for its um incredible capacity to keep that kind of symbiosis and that sort of balance in the body and support that incredible intelligence of the body and we both kind of happened upon this field 
in terms of the link between all the research and the stuff that's going on for mental health and, and mood and depression, anxiety, and those sort of treatments that can happen within the body and, and through through food and, and diet. And I was going down the route of the mind and, and sort of openness, meditation, yeah, that kind of side of things. And we both kind of happened on the same field. So we started uh, brewing uh, our own kombucha at home. We started making our own kefir uh, yogurt, uh, sourdough bread. So we went really, really into the fermentation in terms of the gut bacteria uh, and just aware of sort of uh, just experimenting in that respect. And, and from there, it kind of it changed. And then I guess what the, the girls were saying about the the field of health and well-being, how that gets flipped on its head. The biggest flip that happened for me was that health and well-being is just an infinite topic. There is no boundary to health and well-being. Yeah, and it is something that's so important to talk about. But like, I was really excited to come on and talk about this because I wouldn't say I know millions about my gut. I could probably do more for my health around my gut but it's 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 kind of one of the last things on the list you think about like I suffer with anxiety so I deal with that then I go and I train but then like you never actually think of your gut when actually that can help you with both of those things like your overall general health and your mental health. I understand that what you can't say that the serotonin you know the huge serotonin production uh, melatonin dopamine all that that's happening in the gut through the 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 microbiome it doesn't necessarily you can't say that it works as the same levels in the brain, it does the same thing. But what they certainly seem to have found is that when levels are lower in the brain, they're lower, they seem to be lower in the stomach at the same time in the gut. And it's just, it's amazing to think that you've got this second brain full of all these neurons that's happening. It's so intelligent. And it's almost just, for me, the, the big thing with health and wellness is it's just, it's so connected. Yeah, I suppose. Well, it's like it's when I had a bad knee, it actually wasn't my knee, it was my foot. So everything mm -hmm. is kind of connected in a different way. But with um, girls, I'm going to ask you this mm -hmm. one. You're my, you're my poo girls. <laughs> so the gut stuff has a page called what your poo says about you. And I guess um, the next question, what does our poo say about us? Like I never, I can't say I ever study it. I just go and leave a few poo drops. <laughs> off I go. I think because everyone's so individual, that's the thing. People just want an answer. Like I did a poo yesterday and you know, what does that mean? And it's like, actually, you know, everyone's normal is different. And we would just say, like, tune into it and maybe start to record or notice other things. Because, you know, it can be an indication of some things and like not, you know, size, colour. There's a thing called the Bristol stool chart, which is basically a chart of poos. Uh, what more <laughs> would you want? And you can circle them. You just basically have to assign the poo that's in the lavvy to one on the chart. And the thing is, if you go to your GP or a doctor with a digestive issue or you think you've got a problem, the first thing they will ask you to do, well, there's two things, is go into a food diary and when was the last time you did a poo? And none of us would be able to answer that really truly unless you started logging it. So as I said, yeah, on our website, there's loads of, um, we basically got like dietitians, nutritionists and GPs together and we're like, can you create a list of stuff that could or couldn't be? And they're like, well, we can't be diagnostic like that. But there yeah. is, certain things where I just think it's something that we don't tune into and we need to and actually a lot of people suffer with digestive issues so many of us and that's what we realized with the gut stuff obviously like because we neither of us had digestive issues I hadn't realized that so many people were suffering like one in five people take time off work due to digestive issues and I just think if employers started to tune into that more and um, we'd see that actually for a lot of people it can be quite debilitating and also yeah it's good chat <laughs> 
<laughs> and that one in five, you know, is just digestive issues. So when we say digestive issues, we, we're normally talking about, you know, IBS, IBD, but that isn't talking about other gut health related issues like Johnny was touched on upon mental health and, you know, immunity and things like that. So I think, you know, when we think of gut health, we do go to that sort of digestive health poo chat, but actually, you know, yeah. it affects so much more. But do you think then that people should be like honestly examining their poo every day or just if they're feeling like quite dodge? Well, we always like, you don't have to put it in a lunchbox like the old programs, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is one of the things that you should tune into. We all log our periods on apps. We all log mm. our sleep. We would say like, you know, it's just one of the things that you should start keeping an eye on as well because it is just about standing up and turning around doesn't it like you don't have to do yeah <laughs> i think i think as well it like the overall message of just tuning in we need to start doing it you know johnny touched on it amazingly of you know seeing our body and our health as one and i think what we do is we go oh i've got an issue i'll, I'll then tune into that or this is or i'm hungover how is that making me feel or i'm not well how is that making me feel and actually rarely do we, you know, just tune into our bodies and go, actually, how am I feeling today? What actually have I eaten? How much sleep have I had? How much exercise have I had? Yeah. And I think if anything that, you know, one positive that lockdown taught us was to actually slow down and tune into our bodies. And I think certainly for, for Lisa and I, that's, you know, one positive that did come out of COVID and lockdown was actually really paying attention to how we felt mentally and physically. And I think yeah. as well with the poo thing, people always assume it's like with gut health in general, that it's only down to diet and nutrition. Whereas, like, for example, when you're pooing, there is a certain position that you should be in. Yes. And, like, you know, like sleep hygiene. Are you exercising? Are you out in nature? Like, all of these things that actually, as Johnny said, we look at them in isolation and people think, oh, is it just, do I just have to not have gluten, dairy, alcohol, and fun? And I'm like, no, like, that's not what we're telling you to do. But there is definitely more yeah holistic approach to all of it because nine times out of ten like with the gut brain axis as well like nutrition could potentially be a tool within your armory where nobody mm. is saying that as a solution you know mental health is multifactorial no one is saying that gut health could be a potential solution but if you had something else in your armory to use and um, it makes sense that your gut is the main gateway from the outside in we put so much in our bodies like everyone's like oh yeah we need this free shampoo and that free you know but yeah. then you're putting so much nonsense and like over processed stuff in your body when it's the main gateway in and i think that is all just kind of common sense but we do need to just keep reminding ourselves of that yeah, I'd say there needs to be a bit more education around it as well, because I would say I only properly learned about like nutrition and stuff like that. I wouldn't know it perfectly now, but I know what's good for me and what's not good for me. But in school and stuff like that, you're just shoving in chicken burgers for lunch and stuff like that. You just don't even think about it. Absolutely. Our school only had chips. Like I actually don't remember <laughs> anything else being in the canteen. Like we've um, we do a lot in schools actually because we we do a lot of corporate wellness as well. For every corporate wellness talk we do, we do a free school and a talk in a school or university. And actually, you find that the kids are actually much more receptive than anyone else. Kids are like, "How much fiber has this got in it?" Or how much that you know? And I just think, "Oh wow, like, I can't want to do you guys every day." <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I think if we can start that generation thinking about prevention rather than, than cure, then we're onto a really good a pathway for our healthcare system I think yeah for sure Johnny over to you again so with your rugby days obviously you had to measure all different kind of things like would that have included your gut health or was it more just like how your body was how you were training 
trying to be as just and and, and not unfair as possible. <laughs> so no. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a straightforward way. Um, the thing that it's it's evolving with time and with trends, but the leading edge of health and well-being is still dissociated from the understanding of performance um, massively. And bringing those two together is, for me, what I spend my time doing. That leading edge, which is then in the research of all this stuff about mental and gut and how it's all about just supporting your body to feel amazing and so on, it is kind of still not quite there. So that that fitness, massively goal-orientated side of view of health and well-being is suddenly a trend comes up about eating protein. And so everyone yeah. is piling protein and, and and the change room stinks and everyone stinks and, and your, your whole life your whole life stinks and then and you just find that the problem is is without that conscious involvement in your own health knowing your own body being aware enough to sort of to as again as the conversation has gone that you feel a certain way and, and you you don't just put it down to something that's immediately in your experience like oh i'm feeling rubbish it's because that person's just said that to me it's kind of like well, hold on what have i been eating recently yeah. You know, what what did I what did I do with my time before I went to bed last night? Was I reading social media and getting really het up about some stuff people were saying about me just before I go to sleep? And what about, you know, all these choices I'm making? The really big thing for me is that people are treating their bodies like machines that you feed instead of understanding that what you're putting into your body is also making your body. The body's regenerating itself the whole time out of what you essentially eat and you've got your microbiome which is so individual and that's the way that what that eats and how you're balancing that out with with your variation in your diet and all this kind of stuff it's just not quite linked to performance because when I was playing I couldn't give a toss about this yeah I just I was training way way uh, the whole day if anyone wanted to leave the training field I'd be like oh they don't want it enough who are they someone goes to the physio room I'd be like what a waste of time you should be out here doing this massage what's massage do you know what I mean like what's that about like, yeah. that's that's like you know you, you're getting pampered get out here and start hurting yourself you know like I'm doing I think that understanding now is becoming more people have started looking after themselves way way better but there's still a way to go until that connection becomes guilt-free I'm just having a great time oh wait everything I'm doing seems to be working that understanding isn't quite uh, isn't quite there yet with with nutrition or, or with or mental health either I don't think yeah, a lot of the studies have actually been done on rugby players because I think at, we were brought up on football, but I went to the World Cup in Japan. You guys knock each other about something stupid. God. I was like, "This is like so intense." I was like, "Boy, oh, like Lisa, you know they're trained to do that," and I was like, "Oh my!" But it's like it's so extreme, and obviously, you know, I'm preaching to the converted here. But and that's why a lot of the studies in the microbiome have been done on rugby players because it is such an extreme. You know, yeah, you put your definitely. bodies to such, such yeah. extremes. I think the lack of the lack of variation in the diet as well. When you start, people start thinking, "Oh, hold on, I've just done this and I played really well, so I'm going to eat exactly the same thing." Like, I mean, every Saturday morning or afternoon before the afternoon game, it's the same meal, and then probably yeah. the night before, everyone's like, "Well, I always have my Friday night meal before my Saturday <laughs> meal." I mean, hold on, that game, that's Thursday, isn't it? No, no Wednesday, and after a meal, uh, you know, and you just lose that spontaneity. I think we talk about the taboo with gut health being about poo, but actually the other taboo is that I think when we think about health and diet, we want someone to tell us exactly what to do. You know, yeah. th this at this time, here's your magic pill and away with you and you'll live your best life. And actually gut health is the complete opposite of that. It's about adding stuff in. 
you know, not being as strict with yourself. So having more fibre, have more variety. Yeah. Exercise doesn't have to be, you know, a 50 minute hit class where you're sweating and thing. It could be going for a walk in nature. It could be, you know, and I think because gut health is the complete antithesis of what we've been trained to think for so many years, thinking about the outside in rather than the inside out, I think that is also a second taboo alongside mm. the poo. Yeah, I think yeah. that's as well because people just want, it's like you said, like we all did the cabbage soup diet pre-Magaluf 2005. <laughs> I just think, you know yeah we want this solution and i think the irony with gut health is that the science is really new it's so innovative like i'm sure one day we'll have toilets that read your poo uh, we'll have you know <laughs> probiotics that are you know individualized to us i'm sure that will all happen but the irony is, is that we need to look back instead of looking forward and go basically to what our granny was telling us like yeah. go back to basics even like Despite popular belief, fermented foods were not started in East London. Um, <laughs> and, you know, all these things have been around. We've known them, like fibre. You know, like our yeah. granddad used to say, our granddad was all like, oh, aye, that makes me go. He's like, you need to have your fibre. Put that and I just think, you know, now it's like, the un- it's like the bassist in the band that nobody knows the name of, fibre. It's like the unsung hero, like the guy that you're like, oh, yeah, he's the bassist. I kind of know what he does, but I don't know his name. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like unearthing all those things and just going back to basics again is so important. But it's not comfortable for people because they want the new thing, the new exciting thing, and they yeah. want a solution. And unfortunately, it just doesn't exist. Yeah. And now I don't know if this is true. Girls, you, I think you might know if it is. Is it true that 70% of your immune system is in your gut? Yeah. So when we found that out, we were like, oh, That's wow. Mad. And I think when you know that, it helps why there's a lot of things that claim to, you know, like you need to boost your immune system or do that. When you yeah. know that, you're like, actually, it's not as simple as that. And basically your microbes teach your immune cells they're like miss honey and matilda vibes they teach your immune cells so they're like hey guys we don't really like this thing alert alert and actually when people know that link it does have a bit of a behavior shift and also obviously like because of covid that conversation has been coming up a lot but again just shows you how important nutrition and what we put in our bodies actually yeah. is and it's not about um, having to take x y and z pill to boost anything when actually what we need to do is just go back to basics because it's all connected i yeah. think as well like the, the nuggets and the facts you know you know the 70 percent of your immune system or the 90 to 95 percent serotonin these are what we call as like the facts that will change behaviors and that's you know lisa and i didn't come into this field well and johnny you know we all came in pretty organically and and differently and it's these facts and nuggets that is the light bulb switches for people changing behavior and changing behavior is the biggest barrier to to access and that you can only do that through education and and knowledge yeah and but the gut as well is known i've learned all this from you by the way the gut is known as the second brain as well is that because there's so many nerves in it so does that have you know that like saying gut instinct i have a gut instinct is that because there's so much nerve endings in your gut yeah well we always think of it like there's quite a lot of different connections between the gut brain access it's really exciting as we said area of science but there's a thing called the vagus nerve unfortunately nothing to do with last week <laughs> but that's like the um the phone line so that's like we've always known that a connection there like as you say like we get butterflies in our stomach when we see the person we fancy we get nervous when we're going to do a talk or a podcast but actually what we're now realizing is it's a two-way motorway so we and actually more of the connections run from your gut up to your brain rather than the other way so you've got the phone line and then there's also whatsapp so there's neurotransmitters (laughs) as we were talking about like that's at least they're constantly speaking to each other you know things like dopamine serotonin they are constantly chatting to each other by so many different ways and I think that actually the thing about 
about stress and bloating is quite interesting because, again, with bloating, people think, I've eaten this and I've had too much. Is it chickpeas that are making me bloat? I don't know. And I just think we um, have like gut diaries and we had one point where a guy was filling one out and he had a meeting with his line manager every day on a Friday, but he was getting bad stomach issues every Thursday. And he was like, I can't work it out. I'm eating different things. We're like, are you going to curry club? Like, what is this on a Thursday? What's going on? And it turns out he was nervous about that meeting every Friday. And that's why. And I think he hadn't made that connection until he'd written it down and was like, oh yeah, it is the same time every day. And straight, yeah. and you know, things like cortisol, our bodies can't tell between now between stress and perceived stress. So back in the day when we were like primitive cavemen, um, it was pretty simple. Like a boar was chasing you, that would probably stress you out. You should probably run. And then you'd go back to the cave and your body would go into rest and digest mode and you'd eat and your body's ready for digestion. Now we are on our phones with perceived stress that somebody on Instagram doesn't like us or we're running with a sandwich to get the bus. Uh, and we expect our bodies to be ready to go into that mode and to go into um, digestion when it thinks it's a boar chase because it's got a boar chase in it. Yeah. <laughs> and I think just knowing that, like our bodies now, particularly, you know, culturally with us now and that kind of, you know, food to go or fast food or all that sort of thing, I just think actually we need to give food and eating the time it deserves so our bodies know what to do. And listen to your body if, you, if you've got a good mm-hmm. instinct. I, mm-hmm. I, I would say I am quite good at listening, but would you three, especially because you're gut advocates, I'll call you, mm-hmm. uh, would you be really good at listening to your gut instincts? No, I am, but then I am also a, quite a highly paranoid person. So I always, <laughs> I, I, I always question myself, whereas Alana's like, basically this is Alana's like methodical boom, 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 boom. And I'm like... Yeah. Um, that's kind of probably how our brains would work. So I guess I would probably trust Alana's gut instinct over mine. <laughs> I, I, I think being a twin, though, you always, even if I had a gut instinct about something, I would always ask Lisa's opinion on it. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's interesting, the whole gut instinct thing and where it's come from. It just fascinates me about where these phrases come from and did someone back then, you know, did they know all that sort of thing? And I think, yeah, we, you, you should always trust your intuition anyway. But now that we've actually got science to back it up, Absolutely. And what about you, Johnny? <laughs> it's a really interesting one because when <laughs> when I used to think about listening to your gut and listening to your body, I genuinely used to see it, although not as absurdly sort of straightforward as this, but I used to think of it as almost like, you know, like getting a stethoscope and what's it all doing? <laughs> the dangerous thing is, is that it's quite difficult to decipher between listening to your body and listening to your mind. And when you listen to your mind, you get caught in a thinking feeling cycle. So you feel a certain way that's been brought on by old emotions that have not been cleared. And then you think that creates thoughts. You Those thoughts then sort of ramp up the emotion, which creates more of the same thoughts. And then eventually you kind of look down the line 10 years later and go, what the hell happened? <laughs> yeah. And girls, I'm going to bring this back to you. You were saying earlier about, obviously you're Scottish. And when I think of Scotland, I do think of deep fried Mars bars. But um, <laughs> since you started on your journey, do you think it really just impacted your lives? Like, do you eat? Do you drink differently? Do people talk to you differently? Do people understand what you're going on about? Yeah, I guess kind of what John was saying as well. Like, there is a sense that, like, obviously we feel more fulfilled doing this because you know we're in control of our destiny we're running our own business so circumstantially that feels better but also everyone wants to talk about it and we so many people said to us when we started this is career suicide like if you guys stop talking about gut health you'll never get a gig again um and actually you know ironically that we started doing you know we were doing love island at the time which was the complete antithesis to what we were talking about really because people were thinking about the outside in and we were like could we get this audience 
to think about health. Basically, it was like from a really kind of natural point of view. And young people do. Like when we were doing gigs, they all sort of like drink coffee and hypothesize about the world. They don't, we weren't behaving like we were at university. And that's what we were realizing like actually we're part of something bigger here. Like there's a bigger change, um, but we have changed our lives. We don't drink any less, <laughs> but we... Um, <laughs> Good. Alana does currently, but, um, but we, I guess like you know, we don't think about restrictions, so we're not doing all that, like, really all-encompassing. Like, if anything, we think about it less because it's not, like, the all-encompassing thing. It's just, like, these kind of... It's more like a kind of, yeah, contentment that we know the science so we can start to make better choices. And also, we just sleep. We never got to sleep before. <laughs> um, like, you know, we'd be on stage at 4am, we'd get up, we'd go into the office 7 till 7. And it was just no life, really. Like, there's actually videos of us. Like, when I watch, even look at pictures or videos of us back then, like, we were actually completely dead behind the eyes. Like, and now I just think we're so much better at saying no... We want to be in our beds by nine. <laughs> I think it's where, like, you, you can look at it as, a, like, tangible things, like, you know, in our 20s, you know, what made us happy? What does success look like? And was it the way we looked on the outside? We probably didn't treat our bodies very well at all. And then you look to, to our 30s and, you know, it's just that sort of purpose and thinking about health in a completely different way. So you've got all the practical things like, you know, adding stuff in and uh, taking it away. But it's, it is, you know, looking a bit deeper in that. And actually, I think that's what really sort of got us. It wasn't just what works for me should work for you, which I think was a huge trend on Instagram or, you know, what what I read in this magazine is, is the gospel. It's actually right. Here's the science facts. Take from that what you will, what resonates with you. So, for example, the, the gut brain access might not resonate with some people. So it's like about t- taking bits of the science that work for you. And she, you know, if Lisa and I is identical twins, we don't follow the same exercise routine we, we like completely different things we like completely different foods we like you know what makes us happy change has changed over the course of you know it was difficult when you've got a career with someone you want to be like well hopefully we we find the same thing we're, we're, we're liam and noel gallagher in it shortly <laughs> that's we would have ended up exactly. if we hadn't found gut health <laughs> but yeah and thinking about it is that sort of yeah 360 you know taking into everything into account exercise sleep nutrition um mental health stress yeah. saying no Say no, yeah. You could really, honestly, I could listen to you three talk about this forever. It's it's made me really think even more so. Like I thought I was healthy. I think that I can definitely do so much better things to like improve my mental health and sleep. And that's what I wanted for everyone listening to this pod. But one last thing, and I want all three of you to give me one. If you could give somebody one tip for good gut health, what would it be? I would say to take yourself back to school and find out exactly what the gut is and what the microbiome is and what it influences. Because as we said, that's a very good first step. I think when you start delving into gut health, it, all the information and words around it can actually be really confusing. It's yeah. a really complex topic and you know the science is still very new. But if you step one... Just, you know, finding out the basics, I think, is key. And then and then you'll be on a journey that you'll you'll not want to get off the train. <laughs> uh, mine would be step two would be once you've done that, then tune into yourself. So whether that be, you know, diary, making time for yourself, sleeping a bit more, putting your phone away, just tuning in and stopping for a bit. Well, if you have a digestive issue or not, because people just try and like think, yeah, they, people just do a knee jerk and say, I need to cut out all these things in my life or I need to do a detox or a cleanse or something like that and it's like no just tune in and listen to what you need yeah and Johnny what about you the thing for me would be to try and celebrate life and your body in in this moment now not 
oh, I'll do this and I'll celebrate it then right now. Just try and celebrate it. And that brings about the ability to, when you're looking at a plate of food, celebrate that opportunity because that space of celebration, speaking about this axis with the, the connection, is when that nervous system is in its state of relaxation and joy, it's functioning incredibly efficiently. Yeah, this, this ability to just listen to your body is not about being told what to do. It's about unearthing incredible surprises. Yeah. And I think that's the best part. So to celebrate yourself you know, and your body because it's perfect as it is right now, as are you, and then be like, right, now let's see what life looks like from that standpoint. So be delighted about yourself. That's great. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. That was really, really good and really, really interesting. Um, I could listen to you all day, but unfortunately, that is it for us today. So thanks a million. Pleasure. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Johnny Wilkinson and Lisa and Alana McFarlane, otherwise known as the Mac Twins, for joining me today. I've not only learned a lot about the gut, but I've also broken my personal record for the amount of times I've said poo in public. And I do that a lot. On which note, I can't wait to see what new things you go on to discover. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate if you'd consider rating it, reviewing it and subscribing to Taboo Talk. It really helps to get the word out. Also, if you have any concerns over your own gut health or about anything else raised in today's episode, please speak to your GP. Listeners who want to get a head start on managing their gut health can check out Boots' range of over 2,000 wellness products, including the Boots Good Gut Range, the largest own brand dedicated range of gut health products on the market, as well as Johnny's own number one living range and good vibrations from the gut stuff. Discover how to feel good as new at Boots.com.